We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday. It is March 18th. It's 2020, and we're here talking some more esports. We talked a little bit of esports yesterday on the podcast. Hey, it's the only thing up in the DraftKings lobby right now, so we're going to talk it a little bit more today. We're going to get into a little bit more betting on this podcast as well. You know, ask some questions that we weren't able to ask John yesterday. We're joined today by Vince Gilletti, LOL, on Twitter. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. How about you? Uh-huh. I'm learning all kinds of new stuff. I like spent three hours watching LOL matches at 6 o'clock this morning, <laughs> and my wife asked me what was on the big screen. So, um, yes, it's, it's, been, it's been fun. I, you know, I enjoy it. You know, I've come from like, some video game backgrounds. So, like, I've enjoyed this, and um, it, it's just fun learning, um, you know. Yeah, that's what we're having you guys on for, and hopefully, you know, if this continues and to be a thing, we'll we'll get you guys on again. Sounds good to me. All right, so yesterday we talked to John George. He was great, very helpful, taught us a lot of general information. I did have some questions um, from our Discord and Twitter that we didn't get to him, so I don't want to necessarily start with those um, questions. I want to get into – a little bit more on the betting side of things because I'm, I'm starting to see as I'm digging in, there's a lot of different lines that you could take advantage of when it comes to uh, League of Legends betting. So is there a specific site or something that like you look at when you're wanting to bet LOL? Is there something that you feel like you can leverage betting LOL into playing Daily Fantasy? Uh, what's your thoughts on that? So... I use a couple of different sites and as with anything, any kind of sports betting whatsoever, you want to shop, you want to line shop and look at different books. Um, 
there's a lot of offshore stuff that's good. Five dimes, uh, nitrogen, Bitcoin book, uh, Bet three sixty five's got a lot of good stuff. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the European books are just carrying this stuff like normal now. Pinnacle has it. Um, there's there's plenty of places that do it. So um, whatever you have access to, shop around, look around, and um, just like anything else, there's going to be different markets for stuff. And I think John mentioned it yesterday. Uh, there's a lot of variance between what you'll see on on these books because they don't have experts exactly working on this stuff yet it's pretty it's a pretty soft market relatively speaking and you can usually tell a softer market by increased juice on a lot of stuff like a higher vig than people are used to i'm not sure how how familiar you guys are with the the gambling terminology and everything but typically when you see higher vig it means the book's less confident in their take on things so uh you see a whole lot of that with with esports esports in general not just leagues so yeah, um, obviously, I think like you know we you know always promote using you know like one of the books that are legal in the states that you live in. So make sure you're doing that. But you know when I'm looking at like and I was telling John yesterday, I've I've been using esportsbet.com just to kind of get lines and mm-hmm. like that's been one that's been you know close, you know for me and to just kind of see who the favorites are. Do you feel like I know we talked about it yesterday, but do you feel like? you know, these lines are something we shouldn't be like putting too much emphasis on, or do you feel like, you know, we should be looking at these lines? Like for instance, today, you know, Wednesday slate that, you know, by the time most people are listening to this is is probably going to be over, but like we, we have NLG big time favorites over victory five, who probably is the worst team in the league um, from what I've been able to see so far. Um, Like, do you put a lot of emphasis in those types of lines? So I think a lot of times, especially early in the season, uh, just like in say like the NFL, for example, uh, a lot of times the books have a wrong read on something. It's a lot less common in the NFL where they have, you know, a lot more information and uh, they have advantage on their side. In this case, sometimes the books just price something wrong. So you can't always go like in the NFL. uh, You can, you can look at a, a, a slate of games maybe considering it for DFS purposes, right? And say, okay, this team's a 10-point favorite. When, and you maybe want to avoid the team going against them, for instance, right? Unless you're trying to you know, create leverage through a GBV or something like that. But in league, it's a lot different because like, the lines aren't as accurate. It's just straight up. They're just not as accurate. So you can't rely entirely on them like you could you know, in a traditional sport or like one of the major sports. But uh, as the season goes along, they tend to be a lot more accurate. So uh, like, like that, for instance, I like this, like that line, for instance, I think is pretty accurate because victory yeah. is that bad, but there's we're, a lot of, we're kind of hoping, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 So, uh, but like take a line, like, 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 um, like JDG and Billy, Billy tomorrow, right? Uh, JDG are heavy, heavy favorites, almost the same to the same extent that um, LNG is over victory five. I happen to think this seems a little closer together. But so you may want to consider that in terms of, you know, how, uh, your share in JDG as opposed to like your share in another team. So uh, I treat it, you, you want to treat it just like traditional sports, but you don't, you also don't want to rely as blindly as you do in traditional sports on the lines because the markets are a lot softer. Yeah. I noticed that too with like, um, you know, thinking back to like Tuesday morning, early morning, Monday night, however you want to look at it. Um, 
you know, fun plus Phoenix didn't seem like they were getting enough love in some of the books and stuff. And like, they seem to be like, especially watching uh, the matchup on Tuesday morning, like they seem to be very, very good. Um, so like, I, I feel like it's something as you're watching and, you know, paying attention and following along, you're going to be able to pick up on, you know, stuff like that. But I think it's a good starting point, just like any other sport. Um, it's always, uh, you know, a good starting point to see, like, who's the favorite. Um, and kind of what I'm seeing already, you know, four slates in, not not saying that I'm an expert by any means, is the pricing kind of goes with the lines that we're seeing too. So I feel like if there's a line that you might not like a lot, maybe you're going to get some of these guys a little cheaper for DFS. Yeah, I think for the most part, it lines up every so often. You'll see, like, you probably haven't seen anything yet, but every, I'd say, like, maybe once a week, there's one that's the opposite, where maybe you'll have, like, a small favorite that's priced as a dog in DraftKings. Uh, like, the players on that team will be priced as underdogs. And you'll see that from time to time. And I think um, with the North American LCS and the European LEC starting up again this weekend, which just got announced this morning, um, you'll see that. I think in those regions, they are more frequently mispriced in terms of like their DraftKings pricing or, you know, whatever websites. So uh, I do think generally though, like it, that's, it, it lines up pretty close. Yeah. Let's talk um, those two leagues starting back up like that. That's going to be fun, right? Like we, we have North America and um, it's Europe, right? You know, both of those starting back up. Yeah. So um, uh, there's a pretty big difference. I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah, there's a no, pretty I, big difference yeah, in, in those two. So maybe the most, the, the biggest difference is that they play best of one in North America and Europe, not best of three. So we've been getting used to the LPL and some of these other regions playing best of threes. So you get points for the games not played, the GNP, right? Plus 15 on, you know, a game not played in a series. So you really are seeking out those two victories. Whereas in North America and Europe, since they play best of one and you get a five game slate, there tends to be a lot more differentiation. So that's probably the biggest difference uh, besides like the overall level of play. Well, good, good for me. I at least know some of the United States teams. Um, so I, I know the team names like l- l- that. That's a starting point, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be, I'm excited to watch some of these broadcasts and like not have everything like in um, Chinese. So like I can actually read what it says. <laughs> yeah. and that'd be fun too. So I'm excited for this weekend to, you know, just get some more slates and maybe some normal start times where we're yeah. not like starting these things at two or three o'clock in the morning. So I'm definitely excited about that. Um, so one of the questions that I had come up was kind of going back to, again, most people when they're listening to this, this is not going to be relevant. Um, but going back to look at like, I, I guess we're going to call it Tuesday slate, Wednesday, early morning, however you want to call it. Yeah. We, had, we, had a starting, we had some starting lineups come out. Um, first question is the best source to you for starting lineups. And the second question is these starting lineups that came out, is this normal to see these guys? Like uh, for instance, light was starting um, kind of out of nowhere. I feel like people, um, you know, did not see that one coming. So like, is this normal to see teams move starting lineups a lot? And who do you think is the best source or the best source to kind of get lineups from? So, uh, I guess I'll touch on this source first. I use a combination of the team Twitters and social media and uh, a couple of guys I like. I'll cite um, at Kenzie131. 
uh, is pretty spot on, hits every single LPL slate with all the starters. And what a lot of times he does is he pulls from a lot of the Chinese social media sites that you got to go digging a lot further through unless you speak fluent, you know, Mandarin. (laughs) So uh, he does a lot of that and that's a good follow on Twitter. He checks it every day. He also posts a lot of really cool video content too. So, um, and in terms of, uh, of whether the, the teams actually start uh, some, this, this varies team to team and it varies region to region. So the LPL plays a really long season. It's a 17 team league. They play round robin, so they're going to play every team in a best of three. That's a lot of games. So you'll often see, especially in the LPL, uh, and especially with like the middle and bottom of the table teams, where they're trying to figure out which lineups work the best for them, or maybe if they're a young team that's trying to test out talent, uh, you'll often see them switch. You know, switch even in between games. There hasn't been too much of that, but I mean, you saw. Uh, I think it was Rogue Warriors on Monday morning started off with Holder. And against, I think it was Invictus, right? Yeah. Uh, started off with Holder. He just got completely smashed by the shy. <laughs> and then they went crazy in the next two games and he played, you know, a lot better. So um, that's just like one example. Some teams do it for talent purposes. Uh, some teams do it just because they, you know, like workload, like an NBA team does where they don't want, you know, these players burning out or whatever. But uh, you'll know, you'll learn over time too that certain teams have a, have a tendency to do this more often than others. and. Unfortunately for us, it, it ends up burning us early in the season and we figure out who those teams are like as we go. Uh, yeah, that's it's just kind of a, the nature of the beast. I, I will say the LPL is the only place that releases – that's the Chinese league. It's the only place that releases the lineups beforehand. And none of the other leagues will do that. As a matter of fact, some of them are like vehemently against it. So probably because of betting and DFS and stuff like that. So like with the LCK, for example, they will not – release anything the casters won't release anything the casters have commented on it before people covering it in the thing they are very very you know firmly against uh releasing that information i guess for competitive integrity or whatever but uh yeah so the lpl is the only place that you can really get a head start on this stuff uh everywhere else you just got to kind of do the legwork yourself and check the team's social media sites so listen they need to understand that there's a lot of people playing esports dfs right now and they're gonna get a lot of new views and hits on everything that they're posting they just need to suck it up and just take advantage of the times right now um you know we want something to you know we want something to sweat like i I actually enjoyed watching the matchups this morning um like i said tuesday morning monday slate whatever you want to call it like these are weird start times you know for especially for people like me that are used to like NBA slates and MLB slates starting at seven o'clock in the, at night, almost every night. So I'm just going to continue to call it like Tuesday slate is the one that yeah. like we're saying is not really relevant. And then we got Wednesday slate coming up, but it seems like what it, what's kind of nice about like what you were talking about with it being 17 teams and then playing a long season, like even for at least, you know, for the, at least the rest of this week, we have, you know, three game slates, um, almost every day I think it was every day for the rest of this week so I feel like that's kind of nice at least because I'll tell you the two game slate wasn't as much fun as these three game slates have been I'll say so one of the benefits to the six-week hiatus the LPL took is that they are actually going to complete their full season Uh, they haven't the word is still out on what the 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 Korean league is going to be doing it's the LCK but the LPL took their break after after week one and they came back and said, we're going to play every single game in the regular season still, which means 
we get three games a day, except on Tuesdays, until April 19th. Every day. Sounds good to me. Every single day. It's great, <laughs> yeah. So Tuesdays are the only days that are going to be two games slates, and I think the last two weeks even they are going to be three games just to get all the games in. So there will be uh, plenty of action there. Do we have any type of schedule for, like, the LCS yet? Do we know if they'll play, you know, like, multiple days like this two to catch up or no? Uh, so the LCS have announced that they're just going to they, – they basically just skipped one week, the LEC and the LCS both. They just skipped right. their, their one week. They're just going to start back where they were. So we just missed week eight. We're just going to start at week eight again this week uh, with a slightly modified schedule. So the LCS typically plays on Saturday. Sun, they play four games Saturday, four games Sunday, and then two games on Monday night, which is a new format that they're, they just started doing this year. Um, they've announced that they're going to go back to the old format of five games Saturday, five games Sunday, and then Europe does five games on Friday and five games on Saturday, and that's going to stay the case for the rest of the season. But uh, starting this weekend, both will be finishing their seasons as normal or as normal as they can. They're just going to be playing it remotely. So, Hey, listen, let's just play. Like, Let's have some fun. It sounds like Saturdays are going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have yeah. um, three leagues going and all kinds of action and fun to Just like college football to. Saturdays, man. <laughs> just like, it, it, I'm telling you, it's, it's remarkably similar in terms of the, the feel. Or like a football, so like an NFL Sunday, where it's just all day. All day you got stuff. That's great. <laughs> great. No, it's fine with me as long as like we can kind of project what the lineups are going to be. And, you, you know, it sounds like for the most part, if you do the work, which is fine with me, um, that you'll be able to make and figure out these starting lineups um, ahead of time. So, um, all right, to shift gears a little bit, we did have some questions come in that um, I didn't get to ask John that I'm going to switch over and ask you here. Um, one of them was, do high winning scores correlate with losing scores? Example, like if a team gets to 25 kills, I would assume the other team has at least 15 or they would have already lost. Do you, do you see the correlation in that? There's not always a correlation. There's unfortunately there's a lot of things in league that aren't directly correlated to the results. Uh, I'm sure you guys have talked about like results oriented thinking with stuff a lot. And uh, in this case, it doesn't always mean that some teams will play. I mean, I th- I know John mentioned G2 yesterday in Europe. G2 will play games that are 25 to 15, whereas other teams will play games that are 15 to one or even like 25 to one. It depends on how much they want to style or or intimidate their opponents or whatever most of the time it ends up being around that that cushion of a difference so like 25 kills is a lot in a game like for for one team that you almost never see that anymore uh china you'll see it and some some teams outlier teams will show it but for the most part it's not a strong correlation i don't think like every game is going to be a little bit different so yeah, we, we kind of saw a little bit um, with that on Monday's slate. Again, going back, you know, looking at that slate, like that EDG-RW um, matchup was kind of high scoring, you know, because I feel like th- that third game in that match was just so entertaining because it was so back and forth. Like, you know, at, most of the time, like you thought EDG was going to win and then RW was just like, hey – we are going to put it on you at the very end. And like, it seemed, and I feel like that was one of the reasons that we saw like a losing player on the winning lineup um, for tournaments. Like I, again, have only played four slates, but I still feel like it's very optimal not to have a losing player in your lineup, even on a two game slate, maybe a little bit more lenient on a two game slate, but these three, four, five, when we get into these bigger slates that we have more teams, like, 
I, I want nothing to do with a losing player on my team. Yeah, for the most part, that's correct. I, I'd say it's it's an outlier. And we've had, I think, well, what, like two this week or something that have taken down big That's up fine. Just, let, let people build those lineups and yeah, think exactly. that it's possible. Like, exactly. That's fine with me. It's not I'm very in, likely. <laughs> like, it might be a way to differentiate in, in big tournaments like this. Like, when, when, you're, when you're playing, like, a GPP with however many, you know, a couple thousand people or something, then, yeah, maybe there's some kind of edge in terms of lineup differentiation that you can get. But, no, I'm... I almost never do that unless I have a really good reason to like there are certain spots where like, so rogue warriors are an interesting case because, uh, Zamuji, the, um, the 80 carry player for them does get a ton of kills in most of their games, even when they're getting their ass kicked, you know? So, um, there's a line of thinking that says that maybe, or if you really want to stack a certain captain, an expensive captain, maybe you could do it, but typically you don't want to be playing, especially a carry on a losing team. Like you're better off punting the team slot or a different position in, in that case. Yeah. I've noticed from a lot of the stats that I've been looking at. And again, like I'm, I'm just digging into this. I'm very stats. I'm a stats person. That's what I like to do. But like, Same. um, I, I, I've realized that like puff is the dude, like he is a guy that is just, I don't know who he is. I don't know what he looks like. But I can tell you right now, this dude, he is a beast when it comes to killing people in games um, just from the stats. So, um, you know, doing B was really interesting to watch him play. You know, he seemed like, man, he was a beast too. So, um, you know, kind of sticking on the DFS terms, you know, we had a couple of people ask us in, in Discord, um, thoughts on putting like a support in captain for cash games to make more of a balanced lineup or a top in captain in GPP to be different. Me, again, I'm going to let you answer this and you're going to have way more insight than me, but everything that I've been running, you know, optimals dating back, looking at optimal lineups, it really almost always seems to have an ADC or a middle in the captain spot to win a tournament. But I haven't dug into too much in like the cash games and building more of a balanced lineup. Um, maybe you could just kind of, you know, talk on this question just in general here. Yeah. So I, I think it's one of those things where it's like, unless it's an extremely top heavy lineup or, uh, or slate, like an extremely top heavy slate, you're going to be able to figure out lineups that are better. Like you, you almost never want to be putting a support in the carrier position or in the, in the captain position. Like, there's certain teams that you could maybe see putting the top laner in that position for um, Invictus are like that uh, in the LPL because like teams that have certain carry top lane players. And I know John briefly touched on that stuff yesterday, but uh, teams that play around their top lane, you could conceivably maybe try playing a top lane or a captain spot, especially if it's maybe an underdog that you think could win through their top laner. But for the most part, you know, as boring as it is, you just want to play optimal. Like <laughs> That's, You've already figured that part out, I think. Yeah, I feel like, you know, kind of just looking back at these slates and looking at, like, what has won tournaments and stuff, like, going optimal is fine because you could be so different with your secondary stacks. You could, you know, you could play a team to make it, like, a 4-2-1 or something along those lines. Um, You know, I, I will say that, like, when you look back at, like, you know, again, Monday slate, um, like – the optimal play was doing B and, and captain. And like, he was, he was the guy that like was on the winning team. It's just, it, we did not see many people play, you know, like scout with some of these other guys from the mm-hmm. other team, but 
and, and like, okay, it worked. I'm not going back to it. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. congratulations, get your first place prize, do it again on a few more slates so you could pay the rake. Exactly. I was, I was one of the, you know, however many hundreds of people were tied in second place in that lineup this morning. So I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, that, that kind of thing happens from time to time. But I think for the most part, yeah, you just want, you just want to play optimal. Like, I know it's boring, but... Every so often, you're going to get one of these. And, and you know, the cool thing about this is now with so many people jumping into this space, there is a chance that it just becomes, you know, we talk about metagame for the actual game of League of Legends. Maybe it becomes the DraftKings metagame to go different, do something weird like that. Because if you know everyone's going to be on that and you really want to take one of these things down, maybe that's the case. Like, if everyone starts doing that and everyone's playing optimal all the time, maybe the, the idea is to switch up. But... I mean, I don't, I don't know if we could say that we're at that point yet. So I, I don't think it's correct to use improper technique or anything like that, so to speak. I think it's definitely like that when you're looking at like these three game slates for like the LPL. I think we, you know, obviously could talk a little bit more when we start seeing what type of optimals take down these LCS tournaments. But I still feel like they're going to be stack type of lineups, just running correlations and looking at the numbers and like digging into like how the statistics of scoring works for LOL um, doing the legwork, man. Like, you know, using, using those Excel skills a little bit. Um, and I don't have a lot of Excel, Excel skills. So um, just looking back at all this stuff and like, it again, it just seems really optimal to not have a losing player. And like, I think we'll see that even more when we get into these bigger slates, man, I'm excited for a five game slate. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. So the five, the five game slates are a lot of fun because they're, there's a lot more variance because they're best of one. So you have a lot fewer people that are all over just the heavy favorite, you know? So because there's not those games, not played points there, you're a lot more incentivized to try to maybe take a middle, like a mid-level favorite as opposed to the heavy favorite. Like you'd maybe typically now, a lot of times you want the top support in jungle from the team that's going to 2-0 in series, right? But in the five best of one slates that you get in the LCS it's and the LEC, it's a lot different. There's a lot more variance to it. So should be interesting. And I think a lot of people are going to get their first taste of that this, this weekend. So hopefully they put the slates up. So. I'm sure they will. Um, I don't see why they would have LPL up and not these other ones. Um, let's talk on that really quick. A um, lot of debate this morning. Um, whether or not it's better to have a team that goes 2-0 or 2-1. Um, again, using, like, the, the scoring methods and stuff, like, a lot of what I was seeing 2-0 seems to be better unless it's just, like, an absolute bloodbath game and you're on the 2-1 side. Like, it, it still seems optimal to be 2-0. Yeah. Uh, I'd say the vast majority of the time that's the case. Uh, The exceptions are going to be teams that are extremely high kill. Like they have extremely high combined kill. Like if you get two teams that have extremely high combined kills in the same game, that's maybe a spot where you can make exceptions or try to do something different. But for the most part, you just, you just want the two O because it's really difficult to rely up to, to say reliably that this player is going to get an extra five kills in the next game. Cause even carry players don't always get five kills per game. So you're looking at a case where you want a series that go that goes three games and at least two of those games are very bloody, which is a, a very small, you know, slice of the potential outcomes. And I think, uh, again, you're just, you're just better off looking for the two O's as, as chalky as it sounds. 
No, and I'm with you. And I feel like, again, like we're trying to build optimal lineups at the end of the day. And like, that's something that like, I feel like if you've been playing DFS, any sport you've been playing, you're always trying to build optimal lineups. And that's something that you could take from playing NBA, NFL, and stuff like that and just kind of translate it over to esports and like roster construction is still I feel like one of the most important things and I talk about it all the time bankroll management roster construction and game selection um yeah I think like you know I was I was kind of looking ahead already to I guess we'll call it Wednesday's slate um Mm -hmm. we have like um fun plus phoenix and sunning playing against each other and I realized like both of those teams were like two kind of high kill teams and like we could see a lot of um a lot of blood as you um yeah. league guys like to call it yeah uh int- it's interesting cuz sunning didn't used to be that way <laughs> so that's kind of a new look for them which is interesting but fun plus are definitely one of the one of the bloodier teams fun plus invictus uh g2 in europe once we get there are are except like they're outlier like exceptionally high kill teams a lot of the time so you know, if you if you end up getting a matchup like fun plus versus invictus good chance is going to be a ton of kills that see that's the kind of situation where you'd maybe consider uh not going for the 2-0 just to get a taste of that game like kind of like an nfl game stack like i know it's not always what we want to be doing in league but like it's that kind of principle like that's a spot where maybe you do take a character like a single player from the other team just because if you think it's going to go to three games you can get maybe an extra six kills in those two in that extra game or something like that it's certainly a possibility but again like I think that the general takeaway from this is, is it's just like most other stuff. Don't get cute. Like don't overthink it. Like do, do right. what's optimal. And if, if it's shown that the two O is better most of the time, that's what you want to be doing. I, I did find it in, like, I, I'm just waiting. I haven't looked at the schedule for like next week. I'm just waiting for like E star to play one of these bloody teams because from what I've seen so far, like their, their kind of mentality is like, they're going to try to kill as much as possible here. (laughs) Like, so uh, I'm sure like teams are going to catch on. And I know you've talked about this in your blog. You tweet it out all the time, um, almost every day, it seems like. So like, if you guys haven't already, make sure you're checking that out. It's, it's really awesome. Um, like it seems like E-Star teams are going to be picking up on this and like, you know, going back to like the days that I played, you know, Counter-Strike, we used to see waves and things would work for like a week. And then as soon as it like was picked up on, like you couldn't do that anymore. Like it was like flashbangs and stuff for us back there. Yeah. It's one of the cool things is in league because there's so many different champions and strategies and and individual team styles and individual player styles. uh, Since there's so many variables introduced in the actual game, you end up in these situations where, a team might be predictable because they're running the same set play, right? It'd be, you know, maybe it'd be like the equivalent of an NFL team running, you know, you know, power right like five times in a row, right? <laughs> Eventually the other team's going to stick a linebacker there in that gap and, and you're, you're stopped, right? Now, in league, you can do that with champions. Some champions are just get figured out over time. Like, uh, just pick an example from right now. Like, Rumble is a character getting played in the mid lane right now. I don't want to get into all the details and everything, but it's a champion that I think like once teams get used to playing against it, they can figure out how to play around it once they're used to it more. And it usually there's like a couple weeks worth of lag time. It takes these teams to catch on, or even if it's a specific team or a specific player that does something, if there's, there's a habit, it will get figured out a lot of the time. And uh, it, it's kind of an interesting rub to the whole thing because every game is different. Right. So 
that that's one of the the more interesting things is trying to figure out exactly where a, a metagame is going or a team a habit a team has that you think could be ex- exposed and that's kind of like one of my specialties and where i've had success both as a, as a better and as you know dfs player is if if i see something like i i've gone on the bad star a million times it's just one example but a lot of times like if i see something a pattern i have to assume that these coaches are seeing it too right like they, these teams have coaches they have training staff they 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 go over replays they review the stuff just like professional sports teams do so you got to assume at some point that they're going to figure this thing out and i think east are are have a good chance of being figured out that's just one example but yeah. Hey, listen, that's fine with me. Figure it out. Let's take advantage of it. Yeah. Fade, fade, fade. Let's go. Right. <laughs> uh, fine with me. Um, all right. So we had a couple other questions and then I'll let you get out of here. Um, when you're when, okay. So the question is if playing against a slower team like BLG, does that have oh, this question doesn't make sense? That has a rep of having longer games and stays out of trouble, helps or hurts in the end? Does tempo matter? Uh, okay, so I, I think I understand what they're trying to say. So, uh, first of all, I think that's a mischaracterization of BLG, but that's a different topic. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, typically, you have certain teams, just like in basketball, or I, I keep pulling up basketball and football because they're the most relevant to me examples of the comparisons to league. Teams like that, uh, you'll see Origin in Europe is like this. Uh, RNG had been playing like this in, in the LPL. There are certain teams that just prefer to play a lower variant style of play. They're, they're less about getting after you and more about making the correct percentage decision every time. Uh, and the best way to, the, the best example I can come up with is a, a basketball team that wants to slow the clock down and play a low scoring game. Or like a football team that wants to, you know, if you're going against Patrick Mahomes, what's the best plan is to keep the ball out of his hands. You want to eat the clock, run the ball, keep it out of his hands, make him have to score on the plays that he does. So there's certain teams that do play that way. Uh, A lot of the Korean teams play that way. A lot of teams with Korean coaches will often play that way too. Um, It's just like a hallmark of, of that region style of play. And you'll, you'll notice that there's regional differences. There's, there's stylistic differences from team to team, but typically speaking, teams that play slower are going to have fewer fantasy points. Uh, just in general, just because they are not going to take those coin flip situations where I'm going to try to outplay you. I'll just, I'll just have that. So I never have to be in that situation to begin with. So teams like Billy, Billy, most of the time, Billy, Billy, that's why I said it was mischaracterization, but uh, RNG are doing that a lot this season. Uh, You'll see origin do it in Europe. Those, those are the best examples um, of, you know, coming up that I can think of Uh, in North America team liquid is like this a lot where they just play a very low kill like controlled style where they want to just control the game and not make as many mistakes or not offer the op- the opponent the opportunity to outplay them all right great information there so you know i feel like this is where you know kind of watching the games you could kind of gain a little bit of an advantage so got your got my notebook out watching some games um I don't ever have notebooks out when I'm watching basketball or football anymore. So maybe, maybe it's just like, oh, we're gonna have some fun with this instead. You gotta of, treat um, it like a new thing, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you when you first it, imagine if you imagine if you were, you know, gambling in some way, shape, or form on football when you first started watching it, you would have been doing your homework on it. You would have been learning the game, trying to figure it out. You gotta do the the same kind of thing here. So, yeah. Um. All right. Before I let you get out of here, I had. One person asked me to look ahead to Wednesday's slates. Um, I don't know if you've looked at it yet. And I just have. see if there was anything like 
really standing out to you that like you're already looking at um you know I feel like, you know, Dom and, and WE, just looking at those guys, like I think it's the first matchup in that um in that um week or whatever they call it. Um it is kind of the interesting one because like the other two games are massively spread games. Um just kind of looking ahead to this this slate for Wednesday, um, is there anything like standing out to you with any of these um six teams? So for – see, I got to, like, backtrack now because I usually call it Thursday. I, I call it the day of because I do end up – Yo, that's fine. So, uh, so I just, like, Thursday, I, I, it has me so mixed up. <laughs> yeah, 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 because the hours are whacked, right? So um, so we have WE and Dominus. Uh, we just got to see WE this morning, and they, they put up a pretty good fight and uh, against in Fun Plus, but Fun Plus are an extremely good team. So uh, a lot of – Again, like watching these games can help a lot because you get a better sense of where they actually are as opposed to just looking at the standings, right? Especially early in the season. It's, it's too easy to be like, oh, this team's three and three. This team's also three and three. They should be close when one has faced a really hard schedule or one has faced a team that was not rated highly by books or by most people going into the season, but have been playing really, really well, right? So in this situation, unfortunately for that slate, I really do think it's, it's just three dominant favorites. I don't think Dominus is very good at all. I think they're going to be one of the bottom three or four teams in the league, which is kind of upsetting because they they were looking pretty promising at the end of the year last year. But I, I think they're probably the only underdog I would take a shot on on this slate. Only because I think they're the closest to their opposition. Fun, Fun Plus and Invictus are two of the best teams in the region. And even when they're playing against like a middle-of-the-table team, unless it's like a very specific matchup, it's it's going to be just as big a gap between them as it is like a middle of the table team versus a bottom of the table team. And I think typically when you have, you're better off fading a team that's in the middle of the table than you are fading a a really, really good team, unless it's someone that has bad tendencies. So uh, in this case, I don't think there's any of those to point out. I will say that Invictus so far this season have been playing a lot, like really, really disrespectfully, meaning like there's a good chance they're going to punt some games to people, but I don't think LGD is the team to do it because I also think LGD is going to be one of the bottom teams. So unfortunately for the Thursday slate, very boring, very chalky. <laughs> like Dominus would be the underdog I'd take a shot on, but even Dominus don't exactly thrill me in that spot. Uh, just I'm, t- I'm taking a quick look at Friday. Friday is a little more interesting. Uh, Rogue Warriors and LNG. The way Rogue Warriors have been playing, there's maybe a decent shot at them to take that, but we'll have to see what the pricing looks like. Uh, EDG, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just like doing this on the fly. So, <laughs> oh, you're uh, fine. That's great. Yeah, EDG, like my, you know, gut check says EDG can maybe take a game off JDG uh, if they, they've had really spiked performances like EDG has, and they're they're kind of getting used to a new lineup. They were EDG have been like a perennial playoff team in the LPL for years now, and they've done so with the core of Scout and Mako. And that core has been together. Those two have been together for a long, long time. And they're both very, very good at their positions. They're like two of the best at their position really in the world. So they can do a lot of heavy lifting for that team. And their AD carry, Hope, was a big problem last year and hasn't been as much this year. So maybe there's a chance that they take, you know, they could take a game off JDG who have showed, you know, weak spots in the armor a couple times this split. But I I do think JDG are probably going to end up being a top four team. I had them. I had them second in my preseason rankings. So, yeah, uh, that's just a couple, little insight into Thursday and Friday. Unfortunately, Thursday's super 
super chalky. Not too many underdogs I, I like there. That's fine though. Um, there's always an there's always roster construction. We get back exactly. to that. Like, yeah. So, um, I really appreciate you joining us, uh, Vince. It's it's been fun. You know, again, just you know, like I, I'm taking in all this information. I'm spending hours looking into all this stuff. Um, you don't have to tell me. We did get a couple questions about like best places to look up stats. Like I've been googling stuff. Um, you know, you you can tell me or you can't. It's it's fine. Um, I, I did. I have found like. If you go through like Gamepedia, you can you can really find just about anything that you need stats wise. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and plug two different sites. Uh, okay, one of them is uh, OracleElixir dot com. Uh, it's Tim Seven Husen, uh, friend of the show, uh, has been he puts out uh, pretty advanced metrics and he's come up with some of his own on the four major regions and I think he's done a little bit for the smaller regions now too. Uh, that's a good resource for just like rate statistics and stuff like that. And it's good. And he has some different metrics he's come up with. And then uh, I use uh, game of legends uh, or GOL.gg. Uh, that's mostly just like a clean, it's like a cleaner, more detailed Wikipedia, but with less of the historical stuff and more of the statistics. So it does a lot of the same things. Uh, just kind of like aggregates it all into one spot. It's good. It's an easy way to navigate around a bunch of different things. And they've got a, uh, you know, it's good. It's a good resource. I, those are the two I use the most. And then, you know, any, anything else is, is a lot of legwork on your own, unfortunately, because it's kind of a new space, right? You can, you can also look, uh, I believe riot on the, on the official website. You can actually look at the match histories. If you really want to dive into a specific game, you can, you can actually go and look at their specific match history too. So yeah, the, those are the main resources I use. And then um, everything else like you got to do by hand, compile it yourself, talk to your friends, all that kind of thing. So all right. You can check him out on Twitter at Gelati, LOL. Um, I'll link it when I tweet this out as well. Twitch.tv slash Gelati, LOL. His blog is posted right there on his Twitter. And like I said yesterday with John, you can check out their podcast, the Gold Card Podcast, um, a little bit more betting than DFS. But make sure you're checking that out. That's going to wrap it up here for Wednesday. We'll be back Thursday Talking something, like I said yesterday. I don't know if it'd be esports, it'd be an interview. We're working stuff out. I know on Friday we'll have Kevin Roth talking about how weather impacts sports and how we can kind of um, you know use that to our advantage. So that's going to wrap it up. Hope everyone has an awesome day. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you again tomorrow.